Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. It's that little chico pit boom, Mr. 305, but I said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at negative to positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken and you know, that's fire. Now, Bobo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on negative to positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how our life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey everyone, this is John Roca from Collider. By now, you've likely heard about Disney Plus, the new streaming service that includes Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and National Geographic. With all of these amazing brands in one place, Disney Plus is one of the most incredible libraries in the entire streaming landscape, and it's all ad-free. From beloved classics like Snow White and the Seven Dwarves to today's blockbusters like Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame to critically acclaimed documentaries like National Geographic's Free Solo, the content on Disney Plus is truly unparalleled. Disney Plus also offers some of the most beloved TV shows of all time, including 30 seasons of the Emmy Award-winning animated series The Simpsons. And if that weren't enough, Disney Plus has also rolled out a host of originals like The Mandalorian, the first-ever Star Wars live-action series, and high school musical The Musical The Series, a very meta take on the beloved film franchise. It's no wonder Disney Plus has become one of the most talked-about streaming services of 2019. So don't miss out. Sign up for Disney Plus now and start streaming all this great content today. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just 2 bucks on the one 3 dollars menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
On today's Movie Talk, don't expect a Poe Disney Plus series anytime soon. We've got a brand new trailer for the Mulan movie. And then, is it possible we can get a Battle Angel Alita sequel? I have no clue. Did I reverse the title on that one? It's Alita Battle Angel or Battle Angel Alita. I'll Alita still, first. I'll still <laughs> never be able to say it right, Does but it maybe matter. I will when I finally see the movie. Shh, we'll get to that. All right. I got to introduce my panelists. I am Perry. I'm back today. Sadly, I'm gone tomorrow, but Roka's going to be back in the hot seat and it will be a great show. But today it's me, Matt Donato and Emma Fife. Yay. You know Party. how I feel about your t-shirts, but right now we have to talk about that really cool jacket that Thank Emma's wearing. You. I'm so very much. jealous. It's I like, like a brocade it quite a rose <laughs> bomber jacket. It's a rent the runway uh, situation. Not sponsored. It's a good uh, one. But I do enjoy rent the runway. As uh, do I. Yeah, I will back you up on that. Yeah. And you've got matching earrings? What are your earrings? Oh, these actually are uh, the Rosecrest uh, from Revolutionary Girl Utena. Oh, okay. Just dropping some anime <laughs> right, right off the bat here, which really will tie in very well to our last story about Alita Battle yes. Angel or Battle Angel Alita. It's both. Okay. I'm just going to keep calling. I'm, I'm going to keep it simple and just say Alita from now Great. on. That's fine, I right? You, I don't know which one the the movie the rob rodriguez movie was i feel like it's it's a confusing issue for everyone i don't know because the manga i had a hard time with it and because the manga and the um ova the like direct video animation um is like translated both ways as battle angel alita and alita battle angel Okay. It's also because when you're when you're writing up stories about a specific thing, you know, searchability, it's like, is Battle Angel Alita better? Is right. Alita better? Or right. is Alita Battle? I don't know. So I've thought so many things through over the course of uh, that movie's release, <laughs> but not the movie itself, because I still haven't seen it. You dressed appropriately for the witching hour because mm-hmm. Haley is off on a Brazil adventure hey. today. So it's the two of us, and we're talking about Christmas horror movies. We are, so I brought my Anna in the apocalypse out which I finally, force. Which nice. I finally did get I around to watching. Yeah, I, I liked it I quite a bit. I have to tell you, I saw the ads for it, and it looks like exactly my kind of movie, and yet I still have not seen it. So it is like, there, it's very high it's on, on my list. and Amazon Prime right It now. is? Oh, oh yeah. I'm going to oh, yeah. fix that. Have any travel plans coming up? Pronto. No. Because it, it, that's why I watched it, because uh, on my way back from the Jumanji junket, it's like I was sitting there. I didn't feel like taking out my laptop, so yeah. I looked on the screen, and that was there. And there and it was. So, <laughs> see, that's there's a real thing. So someone in film school once said to me, name all of your movies, like A through C, so that they appear higher up on the VOD menu. So true, Smart. because it was the first thing that, it was the first thing that caught my eye, and I watched it. And did you love it? I did love it quite a bit. It's hard not everyone should. It's love hard it. not to love a movie like that. Um, I don't really love this first story today, just <laughs> because right. it could mean that we're not going to explore certain characters from the new Star Wars trilogy on a Disney Plus series. Something that I think would have a whole lot of potential, but it doesn't look like two of them are interested. So we've got a report from Variety, and they spoke to John Boyega, and apparently they asked him what it would take for him to return to Star Wars. And he had said something along the lines of, you ain't going to Disney plus me. Um, I ain't getting no Disney plus. I'm watching it, though, but I'll stay in the feature films. And when they follow that up by asking him if he would be interested in coming back for another movie, he said, as long as Daisy and Oscar are down for it, then I'll come back. So I don't know, maybe another movie will be in Boyega's future. But 
we will have to wait and see Rise of Skywalker until we can figure that out. But I also had the opportunity to attend that junket. And when I spoke to Oscar Isaac, I had asked him if he got the opportunity to get a Poe Disney Plus series. Would he take it? This is what he told me. If you guys had the opportunity to continue your character stories on a Disney Plus series, would you take it? Nope. <laughs> I fucking love you. <laughs> And you get $3 million an episode. Cash it in my chips. So I wasn't really expecting, I wasn't really expecting such a firm no on that one. I thought that, uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, it, you go into these things and they like to keep the door cracked open for future opportunities. So I thought, yes. you know, like, I don't know about that. This feels like a good conclusion for the character. But if they considered it, maybe I would too. But no, that, that felt like a, like a real from the heart no. And, and I like that too, because you don't need all the primary characters in a Disney Plus series or in these series anyway. Because you have so many storylines going on in the Star Wars universe. Something like Disney Plus, where you can kind of play around a little more and you don't have to stick with the continuity that's going on immediately. You get to pick those characters who don't get the screen time that they might, you know, versus a Poe, versus, Mm -hmm. you know, all these other major characters. And you can make them into major characters in their own way. So I like the fact that... Yeah, I'm sort of of two minds about this. Because obviously, you know, you look at something like The Mandalorian, which has been tremendously successful. Though I have to admit I do think that some of the success of that series has been that there's not a lot of emotional expectations tied into it because it is basically exclusively characters we have never seen mm-hmm. before it's types of characters we have explored before but the individual characters that are leading the series are fresh so I think that if you started to do a Disney Plus series, and it'll be interesting to see what happens somewhat with the Cassian Andor series because there is some emotional expectation tied to him since he's already appeared in in, uh, Rogue One, but especially the Obi-Wan series, that is a character who people have a lot of emotional investment Mm -hmm. in and also probably have some pretty strong ideas about the way they want that story to go. Whereas with The Mandalorian, you're not dealing with that. Now, I have a my feeling right now is that there is a tendency, and it's not just Star Wars, it's everything, to over-explain every single yeah. plot point. So from that perspective, I kind of like the idea of not getting a Disney Plus series about Poe Dameron, even though I love Poe. Poe is probably my favorite character of the new trilogy. I think that he's had super interesting character development, and I really enjoy him. But at the same time, I'm I'm with you, Matt, that the primary characters... They're getting their screen time. They're getting their stories in these movies, so they don't necessarily need a Disney Plus series, which could kind of feel like a cash grab. And all, yeah, well, I was going to say, the cash thing alone. I mean, like, no one's in it for the cash in this. Like, yeah. these are people that actually like the Star oh, Wars yeah. and stuff like that. And so I get that. But also, you have to look at the actors playing these major characters. And I mean, that's the other part of this. And I'm not saying that any actor is higher up than any other one or mm-hmm. like, but reality, you know, Oscar Isaac is getting a lot more offers than some of the people in Star Wars where. Some people can take Star Wars and make it their own and kind of make their career built on that. You have a bunch of these John Boyegas and stuff who now have careers outside of Star Wars. So getting them to be on a full-running series, let alone a a film, it it just doesn't make as much sense. And it also makes more sense why we get the lesser characters who 
haven't been developed as much yet. Yeah. Well, just to play devil's advocate, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll don't look at the Disney Plus Marvel shows. Oh, you I know. know. Right. Lizzie Olsen probably has a whole lot of offers. She I, I definitely uh, does. Yeah, right. I mean, really, now that I'm thinking about it, they're all kind of busy. But-, but that didn't start until after we got the Netflix Marvel stuff for a while. So where it was like supplementary uh, uh, Marvel things. That's an I, interesting like, they've, point. they've been building up to that for a long time where I feel like Star Wars hasn't, Star Wars hasn't been releasing three or four movies a year. Yeah. I mean, they're still only on one a year, if even. And, and who knows? It, it, should the Obi-Wan series be wildly successful, which I really believe that it will, uh, because Ewan McGregor loves that character yeah. and has been wanting to return as Obi-Wan for so long. You've got Deborah Chow mm-hmm. directing the whole series, who's an immensely talented director. I, They may change their minds. Yeah. I don't know. The the greedy bits in me do want more Poe because I'm a big fan of that character. And right. yeah, I mean, I'm going to get sensitive now, when Rise of Skywalker if, ends and we got to say goodbye to like them. Disney Plus series all about the romance between Finn and Poe. Yeah. I mean, sign me up. I want well, that three that. years ago. Part of, part of the reason why I think I would leave, like if you just teed up, I don't know, the three or four main characters from the new trilogy, right. uh, Kylo, Poe, Ray, and Finn, mm-hmm. and asked me, which one would you want a Disney Plus series? series for i would pick poe just because i have an obsession with x-wing pilots yeah to pivot that though what about snap like oh i would watch why, the snap Wesley why series. not get a series for him i don't know that i feel like that would tick the box well enough for me yeah. that you know oscar isaac go spend your chips that you have very much well earned yes. and keep picking up more projects yeah. because he has gotten a whole bunch of great stuff totally. ever since the uh his first appearance in force awakens oh, yeah. so my question though too. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, yeah i mean way before that he has a lengthy career yeah. as as do some it's of the other folks it. we're going to be talking about too now he's a household name because of star wars yeah i mean star wars does have that kind of effect on people the question i want to know right now is so right now we've got quotes on the matter from oscar isaac and from john boyega in the coming week or two no doubt more actors in star wars rise of skywalker are probably going to comment on the same thing so what i want to know is do you think their responses are a disney plus series format type of no or is that no more so towards just I don't want to be tied to the Star Wars franchise any longer than I already have been kind of thing. I think it could be both depending on the actor. I mean, again, looking at Oscar Isaac and the kind of roles he takes, I very much see him as someone who wants to keep building his career in different ways and, you know, exploring different angles where, yeah, you can get locked in like these Marvel actors or, you know, uh, any superhero actor where this is your look. This is what you're associated with for so long and years and years where – I don't know if that's going to appeal to everybody. So I think it's a loaded question in both. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it can go either way, particularly with the principal characters. I do think it's more on the side of not wanting to be tied into Star Wars specifically for any longer, at least for right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I look at somebody like a Chris Evans mm-hmm. and watching him in Knives Out was such a joy because it was the first time in so long that I've seen him is anything other than Captain America. And he got to go back to playing the kind of roles he started Uh, off playing. Scott Pilgrim, come on. Oh my God. (laughs) And it was brilliant. So I, I think that it's, I'm with Matt. It's kind of both, depending on who you're talking to. So (laughs) the next thing I want to know is what do you think is going to happen when this question is posed to other actors in Rise of Skywalker? Who do you think will get on board with them and say probably not? And who's going to be into it? Listen, if Richard E. Grant (laughs) makes it through this movie... 
He's probably already got a Disney Plus series. I just love his work. He just loves working so much. Yeah, no, he'll be in that 100%. I mean, but going off of that, another series that I would love to watch, because this is also an area of Star Wars that I'm very into, I would love to see some sort of Empire or First Order officer rising in the ranks. I I would watch a whole series about him coming up through the First Order. We don't know that much about his character just yet, but, you know. I mean, maybe even something like Hux. I know Hux and his father. Other have some interesting backstories. There's some interesting stuff there. That's not a bad way to go about it. And you can work Phasma back into the equation that way and maybe do that character justice. And I mean, that's somebody, you're talking, you know, Brienne of Tarth. So she, I feel like, would be super down to do a series. Here's something that the chat's really into. Specifically, David Scott King wrote to us, I want a Disney Plus series for the Knights of Ren. Oh, yeah. I'd watch that. I, I, okay, we haven't seen him yet, but I, I said on Jedi Council last week, that I really want them to be this era's Inquisitors, um, which hey. basically, if you don't know what Inquisitors are, they like... An Inquisitor series, too, an inqu- please. I'd watch an Inquisitor I series, are you that. kidding me? Uh, but yeah, so they they kind of like hunted down the remaining Jedi after the execution of Order 66 in that nebulous time period between uh, the fall of the Old Republic and uh, I, the I start that. of the Galactic War. So I want that immediately. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah, I want that. That's yeah. the kind of stuff I want to see explored, the things that we don't get in the actual uh, continuity of the film. Yeah. Two yeah. reasons why I don't think a Knights of Ren series is going to happen. One, because I think it's too heavily tied to Kylo. Kylo. And I really do think that this will be the end for all four of those characters. Yeah. Not, maybe not for good, because you never know what could happen, no. especially like with what we're seeing with Obi-Wan. Years down the line, maybe they could come back into the fold. But I think it's going to be the end of them for a little while. But someone did mention something to me at the junket that makes me think we're going to get a good deal of Knights of Ren. I mean, like something a little substantial and something that does, you know, work with this whole idea of Rise of Skywalker, bringing the Skywalker uh, saga to a close. So I have a feeling that they're going to try to, you know, close the book on that question mark a little more than we might have expected before. Well, and also I think you can get creative too with that where, you know, a lot of the Star Wars films have had, kind of the same tone and now like the show is a little bit and you know just what you're describing like a Knights of Ren thing you can get really dark with that and you Mm -hmm. can do something different in the Star Wars universe and again looking at different cinematic universes go to Marvel they're having a ton of fun playing with every subgenre they can kind of have like have at with so now Star Wars gets to start doing that with these shows I, I, I don't know. I think you can start doing a lot there. I still can't. So I'm reading. I'm reading some of the chat. Okay. It's just I still can't take Therm Scissor Punch seriously. Therm Scissor Punch. <laughs> yes. That will never not be funny to me. But uh, yeah. There's a lot, for, a lot of horror talk day. going on. Aloyas Weimer said uh, Therm Scissor Punch, the Disney Plus series. We got a we got a couple other comments here. Uh, Tyler Harris said, "I just want more Disney Plus stuff, not tying into the sequel trilogy." Yeah. Wow. Wrote, "I want more blurbs yeah. and I want more." Baby Yoda, I have spoken. <laughs> Baby Yoda very, meets very the porgs. Comments. Meets um, the porgs. It's a kid series. Yeah, exactly. Baby Yoda yeah. and the porgs. <laughs> Baby Yoda and the porgs. Wait, Done. No, no, That's we, it. We have something like that. Andrew uh, Valdez wrote porgs the series with a porg and Baby Yoda crossover. So you oh, have yeah. a porg series, you have Baby Yoda series, and then you have an epic mashup. He merchandising like, on that alone? Guys, it is time for us to bring back the Ewoks in their own right. Yeah. Like Ewoks need a Disney Plus series. We need some canon Ewok material. I will never have a problem with more Ewoks. (laughs) Maybe that's not the most popular thing to say, but I don't care. Um, If you guys had to place bets right now on which character would be the next to be announced for a Disney Mm. Plus series, who would you pick and why? 
That's a good question. Yeah. That's a very good question. Um, I am. I'm kind of digging your Snap Wexley idea, especially yes. because there's so much with like his mom and the Battle of Jakku and stuff. I would love if they start to play into so, the book material yeah. more. I was just that's what I was gonna it's say. Like I think it's gonna be something go we haven't in seen hand. in the films. I think it's gonna be something that comes out of nowhere where it's from the books or something of that nature not that we know or even like i would really love a whole series from the perspective of a droid yeah great something we haven't seen it's before. like a workplace comedy is <laughs> just it? a droid like <laughs> starting, not, starting, not uh, the worst idea seriously uh, i think maybe going that route and having a complete like a complete tonal shift like yeah, that I, could be very interesting i could see ap5 who was the like uh, imperial protocol droid from Star Wars Rebels that sort of went good-ish leading a workplace comedy. I was just re-watched, I re-watched um, Force Awakens and Last Jedi immediately before rolling into Rise of oh, Skywalker. Okay, yeah. And it's just, it, it's, I've always greatly appreciated BB-8, but it, I always get more and more wowed by how expressive BB-8 is without me really being able to understand him. The thumbs up. <laughs> the I mean, lighter really, thumbs up. There's just it's so, so, there's so many very cinematic, creative ways to get BB-8. I mean, not only to express his points, but to, to emote. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that that's something that really could, you know, yeah. sustain a full series. Just a thought. How do you guys feel about this? Place your bets in the comment section below. Who is the next character to get a Disney Plus series for the Star Wars franchise? Curious to know what you guys think about that one. Now we are moving on to a new trailer. Oh, hey, another Mulan trailer. Where do you guys stand on Mulan at this point? Did this trailer do anything to up the hype for the movie? Or are you pretty much at the same point right now? I'm going to say that I am more hyped at this point. This trailer, you know, not to say that Disney has ever been fan servicing or not caring about what they put out in the live actions, but this to me feels like they actually care about a movie they're putting out. It's not just a shot-for-shot recreation of the animation. This is a live action story that feels all into itself. It's not trying to stay to, the, to a specific mold, and it's telling something fresh through Mulan, a character we know that obviously exists. So... I'm very much into what I'm seeing at this point. It doesn't feel like their normal live-action product. I actually think that the response to uh, The Lion King could wind up giving this Mulan movie a big, big boost. I think there was interest in a live-action Mulan movie no matter what, but the disappointment that came with the copy-paste approach to The Lion King story was a major problem for a lot of people out mm-hmm. there. I didn't feel it as much as most just because that's my favorite story of all the Disney classic animated movies, and I was still into it, and I was still wowed by the fact that I was seeing that story told with a different visual uh, style and format, but I do think it was very divisive, and that could pave the way to a bigger opening for Milan. Yeah, I, I was already so hyped for this movie, this trailer just, it elevated my hype to an extreme level. And I'm pretty neutral on most of the live action Disney films. But much like you were saying, Matt, it looks like instead of just making a carbon copy of the movie they already have, the animated film, which I love. I love mm-hmm. the animated Mulan mm-hmm. and that will always exist. And that's great for what it is and this is going to be something that is different it's the same basic premise but i think they're going back to the source material to the ballad of mulan mm-hmm. and pulling other stuff from that and just the fact that they're 
using all of these actual Chinese actors is unbelievable. Uh, and it looks like a historical drama. And I cannot freaking wait. I was with surprised. With This trailer felt very adult to me. Yeah. It felt, it yeah. felt very mature. And it also, it, it's just, I think I said this for the last trailer. There's something about the colors and the way that Nikki Caro shot the whole thing that makes it feel very cinematic. And while I was watching it, all I could think is that, you know, come Christmas time when people are going to the theaters to see, you know, Star Wars <sighs> with their whole I can't family. Wait to see this trailer yes. in a theater. trailer right. like this is go- it's going to like be booming in that theater and I think it's going to get a great great response. And I love the way that at the end of the trailer they incorporated an orchestral version mm-hmm. of uh reflection. Yep. It was it was perfect. I, and they make all the references man out of you and yeah, stuff like that. Like the oh, references so are all good. there but still it asserts itself as its own product. And, and I'm says, so yeah. happy to see Jet Li. So we have a couple comments in the chat right now I want to go through. Steve yeah. Calderon says Mulan looks amazing. Fillmore Pocket says Disney should have taken this approach on every cartoon property. Agreed. Tyler Agreed. Harris, dragon too fake, but a witch. And then Rick Zamora said this is not a musical and no Mushu, no dragon. Why? Because um, we're going because for the they're gr- doing something oh. else. Yeah. yeah, they're just, they're they're making... A historical drama, obviously with some fantastical elements, which is very right. common in Asian dramas if you have ever watched them. Um, and I'm here for the witch. Oh like, my! I did. Yeah. I feel like I didn't know that was a thing until yeah. this trailer. I remember when it first broke that they were changing the story yeah. that way. And I'm like, you know, cool, do something different, give it Love a it. shot. But th- there's something about just like the presence of the witch in this trailer that makes me think, oh, wow, this could really work. And they're going for the quote-unquote grounded approach, and a talking dragon doesn't really fit into that. Yeah. <laughs> That's just where the reality well, is there. I also you know? think one of the other things was that the, the Mushu role is going to be filled more so by her oh. her sister? Oh, was really? That, by a human character? I th- I, yeah, I feel yeah. like that kind of advisory role was going to be filled by a different uh, sort it's of a, character. No, it's a, it is a guy, I believe. A guy? Yeah, he's like a... Yeah. We covered on, that I was so long ago. Yeah, give me a second. If you, yeah, if you could find that. But yep. just uh, briefly looking at the, uh, the release calendar, which, of course, I have closed. I'm curious to know what you guys think about this movie's box office chances because... I mean, it's Disney. <laughs> it's, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's... It's the I, Disney machine. Are we worried about it? it? Like, I like I don't I think know. it's going to underperform by any means. As, I think, as far as I can tell, the the mentor character to Mulan in this film, Commander Tong, is Donnie Yen's character. Ah, which, okay, okay, fantastic, great. Which awesome? Give me more Donnie Wasn't Yen. There's something about like the sister and upping the, the role. Sister, of the sister, the sister is definitely going to be more of a presence. Okay, in it, okay, um, is my understanding. That's probably what I have on my mind um, right now. She does apparently have a pet cricket. Um, a pet that, cricket that okay. speaks, but I think it's like. By by this person providing the voice of the cricket, it's probably like ADR cricket sounds. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, like all droid for, sounds. I'm all for like cute little yeah. creature pet things, even yeah. though crickets aren't that cute, but it's okay. Makes me love a cricket. Why <laughs> but not? like going back to your box office question, I mean, I think what Mulan has going for it is it. Again, it doesn't look like a normal Disney recreation. It yeah. doesn't look shot for shot. And I think that can bring a wider audience in where like it looks like an action epic in some point. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden the demographic widens just from a kid's movie, like playing directly to that target audience to parents and adults. And all of a sudden that demographic gets wider and wider. So I think Mulan looks just fine. And it looks like it's in good shape as far as the release calendar goes, because I think that the movie's, 
I would say the biggest competition the movie is going to face is a Disney release, which is Onward at the very beginning of the month. But Onward hits theaters March 6th and Mulan doesn't come out until uh, the 27th. And in between that... I don't know. There's there's not that much, and there's definitely not that much that I would consider a movie that's going to eat into its audience. Probably one of the bigger releases that I'm looking at right now is A Quiet Place Part 2, which hits theaters on March 20th, but that's not really a family-friendly movie. Those don't overlap. There's no, no overlap there. It's yeah. in good shape. I mean, the only other thing that I might be a little worried about is that Peter Rabbit 2, The Runaway, is slated for the weekend after Mulan hits theaters, and... You know, you might laugh or roll your eyes at Peter Abbott. That first one was Dude, it's good. really good. The first, if, we watched it together in New York, yeah, I think. <laughs> if if yeah. you have not seen Peter Abbott, I truly recommend you check it out. It is a joy. So With if, a lot of murder talk. <laughs> a hilarious true. amount of murder talk in a children movie. But. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Maybe that, that's why it's spoken yeah, to someone. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, cute creatures again, right? Yeah. Bring it back with murder. something warm and Men. fuzzy. Save the murders for witching hour in a little Sorry. bit. Well, the movie's about murder half the time, right? All right. (laughs) Those are our thoughts on the Mulan trailer. Before we move on to our final topic, which, of course, is the fact that Alita's sequel is trending right now. Let's talk about some really cool stuff you've got coming your way on Collider Video. Oh, hey, there's a little show called Jedi Council. What's on the uh, lineup today? Yes, today uh, on Jedi Council, we are going over a we're doing sort of a Force Awakens special uh, as we lead up to the release of Rise of Skywalker. So today we'll be focusing on Force Awakens. Next week we'll be doing a whole episode about Last Jedi, and then uh, and then it's go time. Good <laughs> stuff. So in addition to that, there's also a brand new episode of For Your Consideration up and running. I'm so sad that I missed it, but they spoke about uh, Jeff and Scott gave their predictions for Best Supporting Actress, and I think we're in line with most of them. So I'm probably going to agree with their end list at the end of that episode. And then, oh, hey, another thing FYC-related, our next FYC Arclight screening is Rocket Man. It's happening this Saturday night, such a cool Q&A here. I'm so excited that I get to moderate this one with director Dexter Fletcher and stars Jamie Bell and Taryn Egerton. It's going to be a really good time. If you have not gotten your tickets already, you could find all the information on how to do so on Collider.com. Hope to see you there. Now, oh, one more thing to tease. Riley Roundtable. Here's a promo. Hey guys, it's Riley here. Let me tell you about the Riley Roundtable. You know it, right? It drops every Thursday on Collider Conversations. And I have guests from all across the space. John Roca, Gray Drake, Alexander Desplat came on at one point. We talk everything from movies, we talk about life, and everything in between. What do you want to hear? What do you want to talk about? It's the Riley Roundtable every Thursday on Collider Conversations. You get it there. All right, now let's get into this Alita talk because hashtag Alita sequel is a hot trending topic this morning. Before we weigh in on whether or not this is going to happen, I have not seen the movie yet. I am one of the biggest Rosa Salazar fans, so I always do want to see anything she attaches herself to. But this movie and the press screenings happen during Sundance. And you guys know what happens when you go away for a film festival and everything. It's it's this and fighting with my family that I still haven't seen that oh, I missed because of the festival. And it, it hurts a little. I love and I, fighting with my I family. I will no doubt get to it before the end of the calendar yeah. year just because I need to see them sure. in order to figure out my top 10. But f- right now, I want you guys to pitch me your thoughts on Alita in order to up my urgency to see it. If I had a couple of things that were higher priorities than Alita, how would you push Alita to the top of my list? I'm going to let you take that one. Well, I shockingly liked Alita. I, uh, Why do you say shockingly? Because most live-action uh, Western anime mm-hmm. adaptations are terrible. 
most of them are terrible. Uh, and this one was not. So I think that some of it was my expectations were extremely low. So it exceeded them immensely. I was somebody that in watching the trailers was really weirded out by the choice they made to have Rosa Salazar kind of look like an anime character while everybody else looked more or less normal. Uh, but weirdly, in the actual visuals of the film, it worked. I saw it in the Dolby Theater uh, over at AMC, so I was in this, like, I felt very immersed in the world. I thought the world building was really, really good. The story was simple. They simplified some stuff from the uh, from the source material in a way that I thought was really smart, where they shifted a lot of the focus to be on the relationship between the characters. Uh, Mahershal Ali is great mm-hmm. as the villain. He looked like literally, if you could take the character from the manga and like translate it to a person. That's what I would say about Mahershala. And also Christoph Waltz uh, is, is like, a it's perfect, perfect casting. I have a follow-up question <laughs> for you because part of the reason why I think the urgency to see it kind of waned for me mm-hmm. is because I heard it was very much a big screen spectacle and that's not an option for me anymore. Sure. Yeah. Does it still play well or do you think it could still play well you know, on a small screen? I, I think it is definitely a better theater experience okay. than a small screen experience. I will. I, I can't argue against that by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I think I was very pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed Alita. Okay. Here's well done. My, <laughs> I'm worried. Here my rebuttal here. No, I mean, I'm agreeing with you. I saw it in the Dolby as well. Yeah. The visuals and the world building are easily the best parts of it. Yes. And that translates to a great on-screen experience. Right. I don't know how much that's going to translate to a watching sure. at home experience mm-hmm. because to me, while yes, Mahershala, brilliant casting, Rosa Salazar, great job, love Christoph Waltz, the story itself, while simplistic, it's one of those franchise films that thought about the franchise before actually getting past the first movie. So for me, I'm watching this movie that is building all these elements, but as teases. Mm-hmm. You're not actually developing anything that we're watching right now. It's like, oh, this is going to be important later. later. is going to be more important later. Like, all this stuff is going to be more important when we get to movie yeah. two or three. Th- but we were never going to get to movie two or three because one wasn't good enough. I was going to say, I thought they actually did a good job addressing the motorball thing in this film because that could have gone on for a it long yeah. time. I mean, that could be a whole sequel, that's, I mean, honestly. that's barely addressed in, right. like, the mm-hmm. beginning of the manga. I think they touch on it in the uh, original, like, little 90-minute, I think it's about 90-minute anime that they did of it. Um, but, no, and I, and I don't dis agree with any of that but I do think that in terms of like the relationship between her and the doctor and the way that they incorporated Sheeran was a little bit different a little more specific in this than it was in the like source material so you know what I, don't I know. hated though I'll tell what? you her relationship with Hugo and oh, that was just yeah. abysmal I, like you shoehorn in the romantic angle on I, that and, you know, and again that's why it didn't work for me and, where that's, you, and that's another one of those things where they were bringing in something like from the manga from the OVA and it was I thought it was fine. I thought it was the least interesting part of the movie. I laughed so hard at the end when whatever happens to Hugo happens, yeah. I, I died. Because yeah. it's like you try to build this entire emotional arc. And again, in this one film sure. where you're also trying to tease two films to come that might not. And like all these things. Yeah. And to me, you just get lost in the sense that if you tell a good story on the first movie, right. those sequels will follow. People right. will care at that point. But when you start thinking about the franchise before you actually get there, that's where you lose me. So, yeah. Emma, for you, mm. is it safe to assume that because you liked this first Alita movie, you want to see a sequel? I would watch a sequel for okay. sure, yeah. So now uh, how I'm going to rephrase that for you, Matt, is even though you didn't love this movie, but you saw the seeds being planted for future movies, was that enough to make you want another installment? 
I mean, if it means that they tell it in a way that's not as muddled, yes, agreed. Okay. I, I think redemption is the word because I saw where they could go with this. And again, looks beautiful. I want to see more of the technology and that stuff of the actual filmmaking. So yes, I would see a sequel. So now the thing that we have to bring into the equation here is a box office and spending. So just to recap a little here, <laughs> worldwide, Alita made $404.9 million. That was broken Oof. down to $85.7 million domestically, and then internationally, it made $319 million. The budget, the production budget, not including marketing, is $170 million. From a box office perspective and just thinking about the situation right now with Disney and Fox, do you think that it is a realistic possibility that we could get a sequel even with, you know, with fans backing it up right now, I guess? They have too much else to worry about. I mean, like, by going into Disney and now being part of that whole thing, Disney has too much else going on. They have too many other franchises. There's no reason to resurrect this. Yeah, I kind of have to agree with that. And, And they certainly set it up for a sequel. That's, oh, yeah, that's all they did. <laughs> In my about, opinion. But. What about Disney Plus? What about, the, I was, what about lower, I was lowering the price about tag yeah. and going Disney Plus? I mean, really, with my limited knowledge sure. of Motorball, like, I, does, is that something that would suit a series format? Yeah, they certainly yeah, could. Oh, yeah, they could definitely do a series totally centered around that. I, I do about think they made rollerball work. They can make motorball work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just so you know, I was about to call it murder ball. And murder I'm like, ball. no. Well, murder ball sounds know, even that's better. Not, that's, no, no, no. Let's get there. Let's get there. <laughs> like, let's get real. Um, no, I, I would be curious to see if the, if, if the fan interest is there, which it clearly is, I think there's a possibility of it going to a Disney Plus kind of series. Is it going to be the sequels that they were building? Probably not. How, how valuable is this kind of fan interest? I'm not trying to take... Like, no. I think any, any fan who's passionate enough about something like this to tweet and try to push something like yeah. this, like, all the power to you. But I think one of the articles, I read it like the crack of dawn, so these figures could change, is something like, I think, 12,000 Twitter users having back this hashtag. And that was hashtag. by 7.30 mm. this morning, because yeah. it was the same article. But, like, that's 12,000 viewers. I mean, Look in the yeah. big picture there. That's yeah, that's a big Listen, number when you think about it. But like, that's nothing compared to viewership of like TV shows and stuff. This is obviously a, a this, this is apples and oranges, but it's the same sort of idea. Back in the nineties, twelve thousand people got Sailor Moon to be picked up again for syndication True. because of a petition that they signed. So you know, you never know. Streaming makes it more of a possibility. All right, yes, that's place your I, bets on two things right now. Oh God. If we will get a second <laughs> Alita movie, and yeah. then. At what point before the end of the calendar year will I watch Alita? Mm. <laughs> Number one, you're not going to watch Alita. Yes, I, am. <laughs> I, I don't I believe know, you I, will. See that I don't do because like you know how crazy I get yeah. about my top ten. Like I will, I will panic publishing <laughs> no, something without seeing a movie that I think I could like. Um, okay. No on the Alita sequel. When are you uh, flying to New York for Christmas? <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. This is like, like I know no, her schedule today. It's just not working. That's, that's, that's when you're going to watch Alita. Well, th- well, I'll watch it on a plane. Yeah. Oh, that's like a real crap way to watch a movie like this, but it, it will happen eventually. All right. We have some breaking news here. So oh, this, yeah. This comes from Variety, and the headline is, I'm so curious oh, to see your reaction oh, no. on the spot. Honey, I Shrunk, the kid's director, in talks to return for reboot, starring Josh Gad. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What's, I mean, what say you? Are you into it? Why not? Like, I don't know. I, it could be worse. Yeah, it could be worse. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is not one of those things that's like, precious. No, yeah, to me. absolutely. And I not loved at all. those movies yeah, as a yeah. kid. 
But you know, they were good kids' movies. Uh, jo- Josh Gad can play an easy, quirky scientist. Totally. To be able to fumble around and do that stuff. He can do that. I, I'm a big. I'm pro pro Josh Gad and his wife, who was in the last episode of The Mandalorian. I'm pro kind Josh of Gad. The idea of bringing back the director too. The, yeah. the Variety yeah, article says the studio met with other directors, but felt bringing Johnston back was a perfect fit for all involved. That's kind of cool. I like yeah. it. I'm yeah. fine with it. Again, I no precious memories there. So yeah. I do think it. I'm Have into fun. it, and it's just it's fun. You know, and it's such an easy like concept to do. Yeah. Also, because you can do all of those effects practically, and you know. can you can modernize but, it. It's, oh yeah, it's like you can easily add bells and whistles sure. to like keep the core intact, but make it feel fresh and fun. And yeah. I don't know. I just think jo- I think this is a good series for Josh Gad. I know some folks out there don't have as much patience for Josh Gad when it comes to you know like the heightened comedy type stuff. Sure. But Whoever thinks ins- that should go watch Little Monsters. Oh because my God. he kills yeah. Little Monsters. I think I even wrote that in my review, though, that depending on how you feel about Josh Gad comedy, that role can go one way or True. the other. Yeah. But it, it, it's a perfect he match. He showed some range Perfect there. match. Yeah, but yeah, yeah I, I just think he's, he's a super talented individual and this could be a really good fit for him. I was just listening to his new song from Frozen 2 in the car on oh, my drive so over here. Good. And the more I listen it's to it, the so more I love good. it. I'm, I don't know if it's just stuck in my head but i'm pretty sure somebody in the area of my apartment was blasting into the unknown this morning like i as you do but I, i'm legit serious when i say i woke up hearing like you know that voice yeah. that she like i woke up yeah. hearing that oh, over that. and over and over where i'm convinced so it, like, was not in, it, like it wasn't in my head i'm convinced it was being played yeah. i don't know whatever all right let's get into some of these uh live things <laughs> I'm losing my mind. It's that time of year. All right. <laughs> I know, really. All right, let's take this uh, question here from Jonathan Caro, who wants to know... Oh, I didn't even look at this list. I have to look it up. Mm. Thoughts on AFI's top 10 movies... Oh, I did see this. Of 2019, Ooh. does it align with your predictions for Best Picture nominations? Let me bring this up. I know, up I'm, I'm, really I'm, I'm up Googling too. very quickly. I, I, I think I might right. be confusing their list with a bunch of the uh, a bunch of the local critics organizations right. have yes, started yes, announcing yes. nominations and winners. Yeah. We had the Gotham Awards. So mm-hmm. There's a lot of like best of the year uh, list type stuff mm-hmm. coming out right now. Okay. Sorry, I'm doing All right, yeah, okay, we, we go. we've got there the list. Go. Okay. Got yeah. the list 1917, here. The Farewell, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, um, Joker, Knives Out, Little Women, Marriage Story, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Richard Jewell. The only thing that stands out to me that's mm. missing uh, from this year that I absolutely loved uh, was Honey Boy. Yeah, love Honey Boy. I rewatched Honey Boy with my family while I was home for Thanksgiving, and it was a big hit across the board, and it takes a lot to keep Papa Nems awake. He stayed awake from beginning to end. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, I would replace one of these with uh, Dolomite. Honestly, oh, Dolomite's, yeah. Dolomite's great. I, I loved that movie. I absolutely adored it. Yeah. Um, so I... I Honest to God, there's probably half of these I'd probably take out. Sure. Um, that's, just keep, my, that's just me. Though, yeah, I so. would definitely keep The Farewell. Absolutely. Yep. I would definitely keep Jojo Rabbit. 1917, really oh, impressed me. I have not seen 1917 yet, but I have heard it's unbelievable. It's uh, I would Very, very good. Yeah. I would keep Knives Out for sure. Mm-hmm. I loved Knives Out. Uh, I'd keep Parasite. Holy moly. Yep. Holy moly. Um, wait, did I read Parasite? Parasite is listed under special awards. Yeah, I was going to say Parasite's so not in that list. it's not well, in there. So I'd throw it, Parasite well, Parasite should be on that list. I was looking at special award. I'm going to be the guy that says the Irishman shouldn't be there. Oh, I like it. Hold, I like the Irishman. Hold tight, because that one is is mounting a campaign I, I that, that looks no, like no, it's shaping I already up saw to that. be I not, saw like not just a guaranteed nominee, but I, I still think that that has the best shot of winning at this point in time. As far as the best picture nominee, 
nominations go. I haven't seen Little this, Women though, which I also so, heard is unbelievable. It's and so I know, I, like, even having not seen it yet, I know that it's going to be on I my list. I got to see it at a screening, but the award screener just came in the mail. And I, oh, it's, yeah. like, this is the problem with movies like Alita is that I find a movie that I've already seen and love, yes. like yes. Little Women, and I'm going to wind up watching it over and over, like the favorite. If you knew how many Holy hours I spent on the favorite last year, when I should have been watching new things, it was problematic. Yep, so but this list actually looks pretty close to what I would imagine happening, except for Richard Jewell. I'm curious you don't to think see. That's... I'm curious to see which way that goes because yeah. I don't know. From my perspective, I think the big takeaway for from Richard Jewell for me is Paul Walter Hauser. That movie is his movie. It is a yeah. showcase for him. And I think there's great supporting performances all around him. In particular, uh, Kathy Bates and Sam Rockwell were phenomenal in it. But I think it's I, easy, I think, Rockwell, my I God. think uh, Paul Walter Hauser is better than the overall movie. But I think the mm. movie itself is a safer bet just in what it is. It's based on like a truer story. It's based on, or, sorry, it's, you know, directed by Eastwood and I don't know. it's I'm, politically it's, charged. It's, uh, I, I don't know. It's I like think, set up for yeah, exactly. an award. It's, it's definitely got a chance. I'm not taking it out of the yeah, equation yeah. entirely, but I am curious to see what happens yeah. when it finally gets its release because that's one on this list that's still on the cusp for me. I'm surprised to see Knives Out, to be honest with you. And again, I to see it really too. liked yeah. Knives Out. But to see it on this list and like immediately get like vaulted the way it is, it, I really want to see that one. If it if it only can get one nomination at the Oscars, give, give it, it to a Chris Evans. Yeah, <laughs> give it to Chris Evans and his sweaters. Give all the awards to Chris Evans. As funny as that performance is, it, he's really good. No, he's at really it. good. At he's it. great. No, guys, if you haven't seen Knives Out, it is like. I, it's not even shockingly good. It's expectantly good based on <laughs> Ryan Johnson's previous work. It's excellent. Oh, we have a request for you, Emma. Oh. Uh, Fillmore Pocket says, can Emma make that frozen sound again? Oh. No, <laughs> yeah. don't make her do it again. <laughs> You're very, like, on on pitch there. I'm Thank impressed. You. I'm my, my degree is my in musical theater. This so. is my <laughs> All right, let's get another question. Oh, this is an interesting one from Jay Scott for real. Could we ever see Alden Ehrenreich's Han Solo again? Could he pop up in the Obi-Wan oh. or Cassian series? Or was the reception to his version too lukewarm? I um, think he's done. I think he's done too. He, I mean, he's the right age probably for to show up in Cassian or Obi-Wan because they both kind of take place in that in between, yeah. um, depending on where in the in between the Obi Wan series takes place, my inclination is it's a little like Han Solo was probably twelve, but you know who knows. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I and I have to tell you that I didn't hate that movie. I went in with the exact. I went in with the attitude of. I don't need this movie, but it could be fun. And I left with the attitude of that was pretty fun. Didn't I, need it. I was I very well. Didn't hate it. Yeah, I was but I didn't, li- I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't like it at all. And uh, which was so hard to stomach, I think, because of how much we liked the other Star Wars and things of that nature. Yeah. So you have all yeah. these good properties coming out, and then you get one that's just basic bland wonder bread kind of stuff and you're like all right i tried to like open my mind so like all i wanted on my second viewing of that movie was to like see and feel what everybody else was like digging so much and i just like i couldn't and the the other way to look at that is i love last jedi but in my Mm -hmm. rewatches like i can fully understand why why some don't like other elements but i was never able to connect with solo that same same way you know i had a friend who explained it to me who uh really is a he really liked solo a lot he feels like he 
that might be his favorite of the new iteration oh, wow. of stuff. And he's a little bit older than we are, not a lot. Um, and the way he sort of explained it to me was that he felt like it was the the most like what he wanted out of Star Wars, which was just a, a good time space adventure. Okay. Also, for me, the cinematography was ruined in my screening, which was a critic screening because really? I saw it at an AMC. And everyone oh. after the film, outside of my screening, was going like, oh, my God, the visuals were so stunning and the colors yeah, popped and they're so train vibrant. Chase was right. Bomb. So I walked out going, that was the murkiest, darkest Star Wars film I've ever <gasps> no, seen. No. So they showed it in the wrong, however they showed it, the ratios were wrong and uh, the colors just didn't come through as well. So, like, you also had theaters that didn't play wow. it correctly. Did, I, I'm, I'm I mean, just curious. Did they send out, like, an apology after no. that? Oh, wow. No. That's, that's upsetting because I hope nobody just made the assumption but that that I had, was that, really... I did. In my, I wrote my review oh, the, wow. that night because it's embargo, of course, and we all know the game. So oh. I write a review going, like, wow, it was such a drab movie to look at, and this wasn't really that great. <gasps> and then all of a sudden I'm reading these reviews that are like, oh, my God, stunning cinematography. And I'm just Whoa. like, did I see a different movie? And it turned out I did yeah. Well, hopefully that never happens again. All right, let's get in one more Twitter question. This is an interesting one from Steve Calderon. What are your thoughts on Mina Masood saying he hasn't gotten any auditions for new projects despite the success of Aladdin? I'm going to look up the source of that really quick, but does it surprise you to hear that? that? going around. Mm -hmm. Um, So this kind of circles back to the conversation we were having at the top of the show about Star Wars, which is that I think there is a tendency to, back in the day, if this had happened back in the day, and he'd played Aladdin, and the thing is, is Aladdin made money. Mm -hmm. It did quite well at the box office. It did? Yes, he would continue to be typecast, but he would continue to be cast. It is very strange to me, and I wonder if it is a trend that we are going to see now moving forward of actors who are in these projects that that are, you know, being fueled by, number one, remake of existing material, and number two, mega star power like Will Smith, kind of being forgotten and left in the background. What do you know. think the difference is then between Mina Masood and Naomi Scott getting everything? Is it because she was already I think established she already from, some, yeah, from she Power had Rangers? Some credits. Yeah, yeah, I mean, she was in Power Rangers and, you know, she was already in Charlie's Angels. So, yeah, I don't know. It's it's uh, it's very strange. That's a that's a yeah, bummer for a, him. Oh, I mean, it kind of sucks. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm saying like it sucks for well, him. And, and granted, Aladdin came out this calendar year. True. I mean, for all, for all you know. Yeah, it hasn't been that long. In the next yeah. that's the other thing. I'm like, we get just saw great. Aladdin, yeah. so like, what are we expecting? Well, like, I, offers to come in literally a, in the next but day? But here's another thing is I think now, too, because he has been in this big franchise Disney film. He played this character that everybody was familiar with. He's right. pushed himself into a new actor bracket. So maybe if he weren't in that actor right. bracket, the he'd competition, still he's still be now... getting a bunch of auditions. But now he's in a bracket where they're calling in, like, true true a-listers and yep. it sucks that he's being overlooked but i don't think that's gonna last forever no and also like who did we talk about after aladdin we were talking about will smith and things of that nature that's the other thing to walk away from here yeah. I, I wasn't really raving about that particular role so yeah. it's like just because you're in the movie and just yeah. because you're playing the lead he was he was very good in yeah it. he was good i just i 
I thought I he was very charming. I can't imagine them finding someone better. No. I also, I saw another movie for that, that uh, role. You, well, yeah. yeah. I saw another movie he was in at uh, South by Southwest called Run This Town. And I don't know what the deal is yeah, with the release that. of that movie, but he was very good in that. And it's a completely Great. different type of film. So we know he's got the range. Yeah. Just to fill in some of the quotes here. So apparently, speaking to the Daily Beast, he explained that, uh, and I'm reading from Yahoo Entertainment right now, that despite the movie topping the box office and making just over a billion worldwide, it appears uh, not to have made any difference to his career. Here's a quote from him. I'm kind of tired of staying quiet about it. I want people to know that it's not always dandelions and roses when you're doing something like Aladdin. Then there's another quote here that says, he must have made millions. He must be getting all these offers. It's none of those things. I haven't had a single audition since Aladdin came out. That's, I mean, that's, that's a bummer. It's a total bummer. But that's- also, you were in Aladdin. <laughs> I mean, you got the role. And again, it was pretty frequent. I'm not, that's not to say there's not an issue. No. That's not to say there's not anything behind this that should be looked at. But right. like... Also, you're saying this as someone who is in a majorly successful Disney movie yeah, and got the platform, and, and now it, it's not been that long. <laughs> like, I'd give it time. I don't I know. You can't, if you're Mina Masood, compare yourself to the likes of, say, an Oscar Isaacs right. or somebody who, you know, yeah, he's in Star Wars, and he's also in a lot of other movies, but he also was working for a really long time before he was in Star Wars. For what it's worth, Will Smith has his back, and he he spoke to Variety, and he's quoted as saying, I haven't spoken to Mina, but he is a spectacular actor, and he has nothing to worry about. I I will believe that statement and run with it right now. Totally. And that's fine. He's in good shape. And he will. And he will flourish as a young actor, and he will struggle for a little bit. But (laughs) We all want the next step of our career Right now. Yeah, exactly. Right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> You're Good not point. alone. Why am I not writing for the Times right yeah. now? What the hell? Why am I not hosting my yeah. own talk show? What we are all rooting for you, Mina, and we will cover your casting story when it breaks in the near future. All right, we got to say goodbye now. Emma, Matt, thank you so much for spending your morning with me. Of course. To Always. Adam in the booth. That in the live chat. Thank you guys so much for your help. Again, I am gone tomorrow. We are going to have some cool stuff to show you, though, from this trip that we're taking. So, I don't know. Look out on my Instagram at PNemroff. We're going to have a really cool video cut by Remsen on the main channel. And if you enjoyed that Wizard of Oz restoration video we did, he's going to crush it with this video, too. So, keep an eye out for it. John Rocco will be in the host chair tomorrow. Lee, don't leave this episode without liking and sharing Movie Talk. And there's only one place you go to after you're done with Movie Talk. Collider Live. Enjoy that show. I'll see you Monday. Stay little chico, pit bull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive. Brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go.
I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba da ba ba ba.